With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Harbin, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. I hope you had a great weekend, and I really hope that you are prepared to be at the midway point. We are this week, we will be at the midway point in the month of April, which means that we are so, so close to, in my opinion, the crowning gem of the NFL offseason that is the NFL draft. We are on the cusp of the NFL draft, and we're going to get you ready like we always do, like no one else can, at both BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and on our audio platform and on my show, Let's Ride, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Before we get started, as I always do, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. We're one of 32 NFL websites. We cover the Pittsburgh Steelers, as you know. And obviously, the podcast platform is an extension of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Now, last week on Monday, I did something that I hadn't done before, and I decided I was going to start breaking down specific position groups leading up to the draft, talking about the personnel that's on the team, analyzing those personnel, and then saying, when they go into the draft, should this be a draftable position? If so, when? If not, why? And I started last week in the trenches, did the offensive line and the defensive line. And this week, I'm bouncing it out to the perimeter. I don't have a lot of shows before the NFL draft, so we had to get this stuff done. So in the first segment, I'm going to be talking about wide receivers and tight ends. In the second segment, we're going to talk about cornerbacks and safeties. There are a lot of intriguing positions, a lot of intriguing players, and a lot has changed with, a, well, I wouldn't say all, but some of these positions just this offseason. So when you're looking at these positions, you have to look at the personnel you have, and you have to try to figure out not only are they going to draft a tight end or a position like that, but are there tight ends available that are worth it? That's the biggest question. Uh, we always say this, and we talked about this at, at length on the Steelers preview last week, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis, where we talked about how you just don't want to draft by position. When you feel like you are stuck in a position, one, two, three position only option draft, that's a horrible situation to be in. So in that regard, I couldn't, I can't stress enough how just going by position is just not the way to go into the NFL draft. But let's let's figure this out position by position. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, and let's start with the wide receivers. So here are the personnel that the wide receivers, the wide receiver core that the Steelers have right now heading into 2021. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool. I feel like at this point, those are household names. We'll throw in Ray-Ray McLeod, who signed a one-year deal to stay with Pittsburgh. He obviously, maybe, I say maybe, Matt Canada has a specific purpose for him outside of being a return specialist. Then we have some new faces. We have Anthony Johnson, uh, played at Buffalo. Uh, Matthew Sexton, who was the 
very fast wide receiver who was picked up. He played some spring ball uh, last year. Tyler Simmons was the former Georgia product who was at the Georgia Pro Day this year. Uh, he he was one of the, I feel like there's hundreds, hundreds of athletes, football players that would have been in a system that would have gotten a legit shot to make a roster, but because of COVID, because of the cancellation of things like preseason games and no off-season workouts and things like that. He was back at a college pro day, and he graduated two years ago. Um, and, and so he impressed enough that Kevin Colbert decided to give him a contract. So he's on the roster. And then Cody White is also on the roster. So the wide receiver, a lot of people make some assumptions with the Steelers when it comes to the wide receiver position. One of them is that they're always going to draft a receiver. And the second is that they're always going to draft a really good receiver. And I think those are safe assumptions that people make when talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers entering the NFL draft. And I understand why they make them. They make that assumption because they typically are very successful drafting receivers. Everyone but Ray Ray McLeod that I said is returning from last season, they were drafted by the Steelers. You know, Juju was a second-round pick. Deontay was a third. James Washington was a second-round pick. Chase Claypool was a second-round pick. This team knows how to draft receivers. I could go further down the line in some of the players that they drafted that have been extremely successful. It might not be for the long term, but extremely successful. Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, Martavis Bryant, um, even Plexico Burris uh, was, was drafted by the Steelers. So think about some of those names. And the assumptions are for real. But here's what we have to figure out when we look at the wide receiver position. Is this, is this a draft pick priority? I guess that's the best way to put it. Is the wide receiver position a draft pick priority? And my answer to that is no. It is not a priority. It is not a position that the Steelers should be looking at the draft and saying, who's going to be available? What can we do? How do we get this player, that player, whatever? No, I don't think that is it at all. But the next question, if you follow the flow chart, and I talked about the flow chart last Monday, if you follow the flow chart, if the answer is no, then the next question is, do they even draft the position at all? Now, this is where I say that, yes, they do draft a wide receiver. I think they will draft a wide receiver, but I don't think it should be early. And when I say early, I'm talking day one, day two. I don't think that they should draft a receiver in rounds one, two, or three. After that, if you find a receiver that you think is talented enough that could add to the position, then I think you look at it and you say, we could really use some depth, not only for depth purposes, but the Steelers, especially at wide receiver, always plan for the future and when you look at the depth chart right now entering 2021 before the draft you have to assume that Juju Smith-Schuster although he signed that one-year deal eight million dollars to stay in Pittsburgh that he and James Washington Washington is entering the final year of his rookie contract that they're not going to be back next year you have to assume that and so if those players are gone now you're left with and let's also forget not forget that Ray Ray McLeod is on a one-year deal so if Juju, James Washington, and Ray Ray McLeod are all gone after 2021, that leaves you with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. That's it. So when you put it that way, and when you look at the depth chart, to me it becomes increasingly clear that the Steelers are going to have to think about drafting a wide receiver at some point. Again, I don't want it to be early. I really don't want them to spend a first, second, or third round pick on 
Edwards receiver. But it, in the fourth round, if there's a, a player that they think is going to be a really good player, and I, again, I trust them at this position. I don't trust them drafting every position, but I do trust them drafting wide receivers. And because of that, I say that they do draft a wide receiver, but again, not early. You have to assume some of those players are going to be gone. And when they're gone, if it's just Claypool and Johnson, that's a pretty bare cupboard. And Deontay Johnson in 2022 will be going to end his final year of his rookie deal. So the Steelers have done a good job of selecting really good receivers in consecutive drafts. Eventually, it's going to come to the point where they're going to have to keep that up because they're going to find a time where they're going to, <laughs> the receivers are going to go elsewhere unless they're going to sign some to a second contract. I don't see them signing James Washington. Maybe they get Juju back, but I'm not sure if that happens. That, that, that means that you tell uh, the more I talk about it, the more I'm kind of convincing myself that this team is going to have to draft a wide receiver. If they're going to have to look at the wide receiver position. They have to. Very, very important. Okay, so let's look at the other position that we wanted to talk about on the offensive side of the ball, and that's tight end. Let's go f- through the, uh, the personnel that they have on the team right now. Eric Ebron, Zach Gentry, Kevin Rader, Dax Raymond, spent some time with the Steelers in the past, and Charles Jones. Now, this is one of those positions I talked about at the very beginning of the show, that there are a couple positions that they the outlook on this position has changed in the offseason. This is one of those positions. Vance McDonald's retirement changed a lot. All of a sudden, Eric Ebron is the only experienced tight end on the roster. This is quite a conundrum for me, because I do think that tight end is the position that might be needed the most that no one is really talking about that much. Steeler fans are bringing it up, and they're saying, you know, can't, can't ignore tight end. But the conundrum is, is that the Steelers do have a needed tight end. But this draft class for tight ends is just not that. You have Kyle Pitts, who is amazing. I mean, this, this kid is, I think he's a transcendent player. He can elevate any offense that he goes into, but he's going to be a top 10 pick. If he's outside the top 10, I will be stunned. I mean, absolutely stunned if Kyle Pitts gets into the double digits. Don't think it's going to happen. But when you look at the Steelers' tight end group, I mean, Eric Ebron has proven that he can provide some value, some worth. Zach Gentry has provi- proven nothing. Uh, Kevin Rader played well when he got an opportunity, especially on, especially on special teams last season. Dax Raymond and Charles Jones have proven nothing either. So let's go through the flow chart. Do they draft a tight end? I say yes, they do have to draft a tight end. But early, no, I don't think it's be. It's, I don't think it's because of team either. There's some people that say, "Oh, draft." Uh, I think it's Freer. I don't even know how to say his name. The Penn State tight end, Freermuth. Uh, Freermuth. I'm sorry, butchered it. Don't care. Really don't care. They call him Baby Gronk. I'm not seeing that. I've watched film on him. I don't think I'm throwing out that comparison yet. But still, even with a player like that, I just don't see out of outside of Pitts. It's just not a good tight end class. And so you're looking at the Steelers team needs and you're looking at the draft class and you're thinking there is a big disparity here. This is not normal. I mean, when you're looking at this, you're thinking, okay, the Steelers do have these team needs, but the draft is not really coinciding with those team needs. So draft pick, yes. Follow the flow chart. Should they draft this position early? No, they shouldn't. And it's not because the need isn't there. It's because I don't think this class is good enough to think about drafting a player early. Maybe they get a tight end in the mid-rounds, but they only have so many draft picks, and they have a lot of team needs. I could definitely see the Steelers 
not drafting a tight end. Maybe they get a seventh rounder or an undrafted player, but I could see them legitimately going into this season with Eric Ebron as their primary tight end, Gentry and Kevin Rader as their tight ends for the regular season. And Rader proved value on special teams. I think he's more of a traditional blocking back. It also comes down to the fact, let's also not forget whether we're talking about receivers, whether we're talking about tight ends, any offensive position group. It could be the offensive line that we talked about last Monday. We don't know what Matt Canada's offense is going to look like. Does he run a lot of 11 personnel? Does he run a lot of two tight end sets? And let's also not forget here, when since we're talking about tight ends, that when Matt Canada was at NC State, Jalen Samuels was there. And Jalen Samuels was basically a tight end. He was essentially a tight end in Matt Canada's offense. So keep that in your back pocket. Okay, I'm not saying that they're going to use Jalen Samuels as more of an H-back tight end type player that he was in college. But if they don't draft a tight end, I want the Steeler fans to remember what Jeff did say, that Matt Canada has used Jalen Samuels in a different way. Don't be shocked if that might be the thought process with the Steelers. And if they do that, if they keep Jalen Samuels around and they want him to be more of an H-back or more of a tight end, well, then you could maybe see Gentry or Raider, only one of those two making the team. They go into the season with two tight ends and Samuels as their third, and suddenly the tight end group looks a lot different. So when you're thinking about all of these offensive position groups, I've said it before, I'll say it again, say it a million times before the draft, we don't know what Matt Canada's system is going to entail. We don't know what kind of players he's going to want at specific positions. We can do nothing but speculate. But fact shows that when Canada was at NC State with Samuels, he utilized Samuels very, very well, and in a unique way, he could be thinking the same exact thing heading into 2021. So in terms of wide receivers, let's circle back, and let's talk about this before our first break. In terms of wide receivers, I think that they do draft a receiver, but it's not a high priority. I think that they want to add to their depth. I think they're looking at maybe a mid to late round draft pick at a receiver. And honestly, if they do that, I still would have high hopes for that receiver based on how the Steelers history with drafting wide receivers. I mean, they are a wide receiver factory. So if they're able to actually get a receiver later in the draft, I would have high expectations for that player. No doubt about it. At tight end, there is definitely a need for the position. I just don't like this draft class. I don't like it at all. And keep in mind that Jalen Samuels might be the wild card in this equation when you're talking about tight end. Matt Canada might have plans. They might be able to sit back and say, we don't need to look at tight end because this is how we're going to do things. This is what we're going to utilize him. And he can be a flex player. He can play both running back and tight end. We know Mike Tomlin loves his versatility. We know it. He loves it at every single position. The more you can do, the better chance you have of actually making an impact. We know that is fact. All right, so that's going to be it for the offense. Let's talk about defense when we come back after this break. We're going to talk about cornerbacks and safeties. One of those position groups changed a ton in just the past month. We'll be right back after this break. It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. A quick reminder that this goes out at 5 a.m. Eastern time every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I have had a lot of people on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman underscore pit. Send me messages and say, Jeff, I'm I'm on Pandora. Like, where's where's the Let's Ride episode? And they'll send me screenshots. I'm like, look, guys, I I, I don't know. Like, we have an outlet that we put our audio into and then that outlet pushes it out to all the other outlets so we can only do so much on our end i can tell you that it'll eventually be there but i know that i'm a spotify user and for me uh spotify is pretty quick it's normally up there if it's not up by f- at five o'clock right when it publishes it's only 5 15 5 30 and it is there ready to listen to so make sure you check all that out i do want to also mention that tuesday at 7 30 p.m eastern time if you're an ios user if you're an apple user whether it's a tablet whether it's a cell phone, you can get the app, the Locker Room app. The Locker Room app. The little icon is uh, reddish-orange, and it has a tube sock. It looks like a little sock, in case you're trying to figure out which one it is. It is a completely free app for iOS users. Download that app, and on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I go live to answer questions from Steeler fans, and it's been a lot of fun. And you can follow me on Locker Room at jhartman underscore pit. It has been a blast talking with Steeler fans. Last week, we had some great discussion about the running game. Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? Really, really good stuff. And so I hope that you all check it out. And if you're someone that does listen to my podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I know, I know for a fact there's people that join every Tuesday and they are there in the lo- they're in the room as they call it on locker room, and they never talk. <laughs> they never talk. Come on, guys and gals, if you're gonna be there live, like at least show up and just say. Even if you just say, "Hey, Jeff, I just wanted to say, love the show. Uh, quick question or go Steelers." That would be fine. I love to talk with the fans of the show, fans of the Steelers. So make sure you do that. That's Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Locker Room app. Again, just for iOS users right now. Hopefully that's going to change to Android as well sooner rather than later. But let's talk about the next position groups. We're on the defensive side. Again, the perimeter. So we're talking about cornerbacks and safeties. Let's start with cornerbacks. This is a position group that has changed a ton in the last few months. And it it went, in my opinion, from such a strength that I would have put the Steelers cornerbacks up there amongst the best in the NFL. And I'm saying that in 100% honesty. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not joking around. Because it's so rare that, heck, go back to even when Bill Cowher was the coach. Once Rod Woodson left, it just seemed like 
they just had, okay, here's the next guy that's going to be the cornerback, whether it's Chad Scott, Dwayne Washington, Dion Figures, and then when, you know, Tomlin comes in, it's Bryant McFadden, it's the Shea Towns, and it's Ike Taylor. Um, I could continue on with Antoine Blake, Cortez Allen, um, Keenan Lewis. They, they've had a ton of cornerbacks, but for the first time in a really long time, I felt that the cornerback room was a strength for the Steelers. Maybe not so much anymore. Let's look at the personnel. Joe Hayden, Justin Lane, James Pierre, Cam Sutton, and then two new names, Stephen Denmark and Trevor Williams. Those are your cornerbacks, and I believe it's Denmark that's actually listed as a defensive back, not just a cornerback, meaning he could possibly flex to safety if need be. So when you just look at the cornerback, number one, they don't have a lot on the roster. They don't have a lot on the roster. So is it a draft pick priority? After losing Mike Hilton in free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals and after the release of Steven Nelson, yes, yes, and yes. If Steven Nelson wasn't was still on the roster, if Steven Nelson did not leave or was released, asked for his release and was granted his release, then I absolutely would say that this is not a priority. But because his dis- because his departure, we'll put it that way. I'm not gonna say dismissal, his departure. Because of his departure, now all of a sudden I'm looking at saying this is absolutely a priority. And it's scary because I said that I trust the Steelers drafting receivers for as every ounce of me that trusts them drafting receivers, every ounce of me does not trust them drafting a cornerback. So should this be a priority? Yes. Let's follow the flow chart. Should it be an early priority? Yes. Yes, it should. This is a position that a lot of fans are kind of glossing over. They're, well, they signed Cam Sutton. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that they signed Cam Sutton. His versatility is a weapon that they haven't really unleashed yet in his time in Pittsburgh. I think that he could be a good outside cornerback, but you can't tell me that their plan is to have Hayden Sutton as your outside and then Justin Lane and James Pierre as your first guys off the bench. Who's going to be the nickelback? Who's going to be the dimebacker? Yeah, some people might say that Pierre has a lot of potential and he could be the Mike Hilton type. I'll take a wait-and-see approach on that. But Justin Lane, if you listen to my show during the season, I'm not a fan. Just not a fan. Uh, he's he's the one that kind of came after me on Twitter because I really weakly criticized the play that he had on the field. Uh, that just shows me that this kid doesn't have very thick skin. And he's also searching his name and stuff because I didn't tag him or anything. That's weak. That's really weak stuff. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about this from a realistic standpoint. Should the Steelers take a cornerback in the first round? I wouldn't be upset if they did. I'll put it that way. But it has to be a player that is legitimately the best player available. I think we can all agree that when Artie Burns was selected, he was not the best player available. Uh, that You could go back and look at the drafts and say there's no way. He was even close to the, first, the best player available. And, and no one would be shocked with that. No one would be shocked. But at the same time, if they don't get in the first, I think it should be a day one or day two pick. Uh, there's a lot of talent in this draft class. There will be cornerbacks available when the Steelers pick at 24. The question remains, will there be other positions and other prospects that will say that the Steelers will say, we would rather have that player. This player is going to make a more immediate impact. They are the better player at the time. And that's why they're not going to take a cornerback. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, you think about someone like Asante Samuel Jr. 
He is projected to still be around on 24. I'm not so sure if the Virginia Tech cornerback, I think it's uh, Fraley, is going to be around, and he has injury issues as well. So there's a lot of question marks, both on the Steelers and with the cornerback depth chart and also with the NFL draft class. We shall see, but I do think that this should be a priority, and I do think that it should be an early, I'm talking day one or day two pick. We just know. We know from experience if they decide to take a cornerback in the mid to late rounds, it just rarely ever pans out. It rarely ever pans out. I can't think of the last time that it did pan out. Maybe Cam Sutton would be that guy. I think he was a fourth-round draft pick out of Tennessee. Uh, But, yeah, they are better. The Steelers are better. I've said this before. They are better at finding reclamation projects at cornerback than they are drafting cornerbacks. Think about some of the players that they have picked up that is, have turned out to, sometimes they've only played one year in Pittsburgh, but they've turned that one year into lucrative contracts elsewhere. Um, I think it was Bryce McCain, Cody Sensabaugh, Ross Cockrell, just to name a few, just to name a few, that they have kind of gotten off the scrap heap, they've utilized them well, and those players chat cashed in afterwards. So take it for what it's worth, but let's recap. I do think that it's a draft pick that they need to make, and I do think that it should be early. Okay, let's go to safety. The safeties, you have the following players. Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Antoine Brooks Jr., Miles Killebrews, the new free agent acquisition, and John Battle. That's it. Those are your safeties. Um, Let's go through the whole process like we did with the cornerbacks and the wide receivers and the tight ends. Do the Steelers view the safety position as a draft pick priority? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because when you have Edmonds and you have Fitzpatrick, you just brought in Killebrew, you drafted Antoine Brooks last year in the sixth round, and he did make the team and he did contribute. I just don't think that this is a draft pick priority. A draft pick priority. Let's make that very, very clear. A draft pick priority. If it's not a draft pick priority, let's follow the flow chart. Do they, do they even draft the position at all? Do they even identify it as a team need to the point where they need to draft the position at all? I'm going to go with if they are going to make a safety position acquisition in the draft, they're going to pick someone up. I think it's going to be late. We're talking day three pick or an undrafted player. The reason I say that is I like the Steelers' depth at the position, especially after picking up Miles Killebrew. And let's also not forget that someone like Jordan Dangerfield is still out there. And I wouldn't be shocked if after the draft they bring back Jordan Dangerfield because he's a player that was a special teams captain. He's a player that knows the defense. He's not going to be asked to have a lot of defensive snaps, but he has the experience that if he has to be thrust into the lineup, he's not going to completely screw the pooch. He's going to be a guy that can come in, fill in, and be a legitimate depth piece for the Steelers. And maybe then they've used Dangerfield in the goal line situations before. Maybe they find a niche for him, but he's still out there. And as long as he's out there, I think the Steelers might bring him back. And if they bring him back, now all of a sudden you're looking at a really good depth chart, a really good depth chart. I expect that the Steelers will pick up the fifth-year option for both Edmonds and Fitzpatrick. And I think that this team is going to look at the safety position as only if in the late rounds there's someone available that they really like or that they're high on and that they could say this player could maybe, if they decide to move on from Edmonds, maybe be a a really good piece to the puzzle. I'm not sure if there's someone like that out there at that stage of the game, but still, 
Let's recap this cornerback and safety group, shall we? Cornerbacks, draft pick priority, yes. After Nelson and Hilton depart, and for whatever reason, it is a priority. Should they draft it early? I said yes, day one or day two. Safeties is a little bit different. Draft pick priority, no. I don't think it's a draft pick priority. Do they draft it at all then? I said if they do, it's going to be late. It's going to be late. It wouldn't be shocked if they don't take a safety Antoine Brooks Jr. is someone that I'm very curious to see in year two. Really curious. Some of these players, let's be honest, I'm excited to see some of these players play in the preseason. Because if you think back to last year's class of 2020, uh, you're talking only six players. They had no time to get any type of warm-up games in whatsoever. When the preseason got canceled, Antoine Brooks was a player that really could have benefited from having even if it was just two preseason games, they had none. And so because of that, now this upcoming preseason will be four games, three for everyone except for Pittsburgh and Dallas because they play each other in the Hall of Fame game. Antoine Brooks is a player I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on, just like Justin Lane and James Pierre. I'll be keeping a really close eye on them as well because they need the experience. They need the repetitions, and we will get an opportunity to finally to see what they can do to see if they can actually go out and make plays. How will they fit into the defense? And you have to wonder, too, and this is just me thinking off the top of my head, you have to wonder what the coaching staff thinks. Yeah, they see him at practice, and I know there's scrimmage-like situations, but there's nothing that can compare to when proverbial bullets are actually flying. And even though these proverbial bullets are not real, meaning it's a preseason game, giving them an opportunity to react to something that is outside of their norm. So if Antoine Brooks is in the Hall of Fame game playing against the Cowboys, he's going against players that he's not familiar with. You're going to get to see how he reads and reacts plays, how he plays a line of scrimmage. I want to see what he can bring to the defense. When he was drafted out of Maryland, everyone talked about Antoine Brooks Jr. as a potential player that could play the play in the box Still play in space, but really play the line of scrimmage. Well, you know what that screams to me? Could he not do what Mike Hilton did? Does. I don't know what he's going to do in Cincinnati. Could he not do what Mike Hilton did for the Steelers? Mike Hilton, although put in coverage on occasion, played the line of scrimmage. He was great in run support. He was great at blitzing the quarterback. Can Antoine Brooks do that? I don't know. No one knows. We haven't seen him enough on the field to know if he can. Maybe he is the answer. And that's, I'm going to bring this full circle because I talked about Matt Canada's offense and suggesting that we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what this defensive plan is either. There's some been some moves made already that kind of make you scratch your head. And you're like, I don't know. What's Miles Killebrew going to do for the defense? When he was in Detroit with um, Coach Austin, he looked different. And I guarantee you that Terrell Austin had a really strong influence on bringing him to Pittsburgh. How are they going to deploy him? If it's just as a special teams guy, I'm going to be very shocked and surprised. I feel like they have a plan for some of these players, and we just aren't privy to that information yet. But we will be. We will be sooner than later. But I'll tell you what we're going to be getting you ready for behind the steel curtain, both on the website and on the audio side, is for this upcoming draft. Some people say that they hate draft talk. I don't really know. I don't get that. I love the draft. I think it's exciting. Um, everyone has so much hope during the NFL draft. I mean, I re- everyone that's used to watch the draft for all those years can remember the Radio City Music Hall, the New York Jet fans there booing everybody and booing the picks. That's exciting because even the Jets, as bad as they were at those times, and they still are, 
there's hope. There's hope that the players they're taking are the future stars of your favorite team. And that's awesome. And so we're going to be getting you ready for that. We're going to have primers. We have mock drafts. We're going to have live mock drafts on some of our afternoon shows. Uh, I know that the Steelers hangover with uh, Tony Defeo and Brian Anthony Davis, they are going to be doing a live mock draft on the air. I know that um, Dave Schofield and his big brother Rich, they do something similar. I will not be doing that. But still, I'm going to be getting you ready by doing what we have been the last two weeks on Mondays, and that's getting you ready by looking at the personnel position by position. Should they draft? If so, when should they draft it? So be on the lookout. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it early and often as we update the site regularly. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, that's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, you name it. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That's it. That wraps up our Monday show. Thanks for spending some time with me. Hopefully, I'll see and hear you on Tuesday night live on the Locker Room app. Make sure you join me. If not, I'll be back on Wednesday with a live Wednesday morning mailbag podcast. So check it out. Until then, as we always finish it here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday. This week.